Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes. Until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. I dreamt about a cat this morning. Yes. It came into the front door and it looked very ill, so I gave it some milk. Oh, okay. Well, a house represents your body and the different rooms I'm loving this. represent uh, aspects of yourself. What so, does the hallway represent? Because I know like kitchen is stomach, obviously. <laughs> Bathroom is like your privates or bowel area, things that are very like... Didn't go anywhere near the privates. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's good. It was like a black and white cat. It was really hungry. And then I gave it some milk. And it was still hungry, so I came back and put more milk in. So your feminine side of you is really, really thirsty. And then milk? What would milk? You need to lube up. That's what it's saying. Get some spaff, I believe. You need to lube up your hallway. Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utter bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. Well, here we are. We've started. We're in. Eventually. This has been a good one, hasn't it, for faff? I admit that I am probably 40% of that faff. All right, 50% no, of that no, faff. No, no, no. But I enjoyed it. We ease into it, don't we? We're not. <laughs> it's been a series of exciting. Actually, Maureen's been the only one who was like professional, the most professional this week because I caused problems. My internet was weird. I was late. Yeah. I just want to put out Neighbours is on in 20 minutes. So I might have to disappear. You might. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's repeated, don't you? Maureen? Yeah, yeah. Add infinitum. 5.30. And also, if you miss an episode, I'm pretty sure you can catch up. <laughs> right, let's start this biff-baff, miff-maff. Oh, God, I've just said... Here's the thing. Got into this conversation about Moin. Lock in, Moin, because I know which side of the fence you're going to go on this. <laughs> Alison, I want to know your opinion about this. All right. We've started the podcast, haven't we? This yeah, we're into fine. stuff. Yeah, we're yeah. In. Okay, good. Thank God. So, <laughs> I, know, I mean, it's a 40-minute lead-up to starting this bloody thing. Um, what to call your privates when you're a child. Oh. Now, there's a new thing about parents shouldn't be creating euphemisms for a children's private parts. They should just call them vulva and penis. That's it, right? Now, in our house, we have chosen the word winky, right? That's the word that we've gone for. What is it, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I feel fine. fine about that. People are like, oh, you shouldn't be teaching your children to say it's a winky. You should say it's penis. I'm like, listen, if they're like, you know, 26 and they're still referring to their parts as winky, <laughs> this is a problem. Of course it is. But I think at the age of like five, six, it's okay. And we can still discuss things like consent and all of that kind of stuff using the wink. We can do that. Now it comes to what do we call a girl's bits and bobs? Because with boys, there's any number of euphemisms you can use, right? My mum used to call my brother's penises tillin tillins, okay? And that's because... <laughs> 
my mum used to say, because that's the noise a bell makes. <laughs> you know, the bit that hangs below the bell. And she goes, when you ding it, it goes, ding, 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 So that was, <laughs> I, I mean, wow. this is highbrow. What do we call your bits and bobs? Now, my friend, her daughter's bits and bobs, obviously, I'm not going to say who it is because this is obviously private, but is Miff Math. Now, I don't know how you feel about Miff Math. <laughs> sounds like a shock. I quite like it. Or someone else said wigwam. I was like, I don't know about that. Wigwam sounds a bit. So we've got wi- Miff Math and wigwam. What do you think? I mean, Maureen, you don't have children, but if you did, how would you? What would you, would you use a know. euphemism and would you go full? Look, it's vulva. Get a grip, you four-year-old. I wouldn't refer to it as a vulva as an adult. I would never say that. What do you refer to your bits and bobs as? Well, to be honest, it very rarely comes up in conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Maureen, this is the first time we're bringing your genitals to the fore. Let's do it. Let's deal with it. There'll be no photo to go with this conversation. <laughs> wow. um, check out our Instagram page for... <laughs> Oh, my God. Just, and, and one of them is just a picture of Alison's dog. <laughs> uh, that one's definitely Maureen. <laughs> to be fair, it's probably mine. It's not very tidy at the moment. Maureen, talk to me. What would you call yours? I, well, I don't really call it anything. I suppose I... I, uh, I don't know. Janice? Mush- what do you call it? I don't call it Janice. The German term is mushy. Oh, mushy. Yeah. Oh, I don't mind that. It's okay. Alison, let's go to you. What's, do you have any euphemisms for your privates? Or are you like, listen, it's a vagina vulva, flippity-flap. Let's not. I mean, I never had any terms that I would use. Pleasure dome? (laughs) Oh, my God. Welcome to the pleasure dome. That's my favourite so far. (laughs) Welcome to the pleasure dome. That's what the song was about, Alison's Fanny. (laughs) Fanny. Now, that was a very common term in the 80s. We all used to refer to our bits and bobs as fanny. Never in North America. In North America. So when people talk about having a fanny pack, and then in the UK we're like, oh, fanny pack, that's hilarious because you're talking about your fanny. Uh, they're like... Okay, can you stop? Uh, that's one of my jokes sometimes I do in areas, all right? Yes, it is one of her jokes. Oh, is it? You should have seen the look on the guy's face in the Vodafone shop when I told him I put my new mobile in my fanny pack. <laughs> yeah, what's up, everyone? He's like, wow, I didn't know you could fit it up there. <laughs> Daisy. Daisy might have been the only term that I've ever... Daisy? Daisy. Whoa, rewind. Why Daisy? Because it's a beautiful flower. Oh, okay. Right? Okay, fine. I would usually go privates. Like, if I had a kid too, I'd probably go to your privates. Yeah, because they're private. Those bits are private. Privates. Okay. All right. Well, that's interesting. I mean, I'm just testing the water. I feel like this is going to... Look, this isn't a controversial podcast by any stretch of the imagination, but I do feel like this is going to spark a debate out there now. I think Pleasure Dome is fucking amazing. People all around the world that listen to this are going to say, you gals, uh, you need to up your game with your euphemisms or just refer to it as um, your Pleasure Dome, which I think is now... Take that on, everyone. But you know what? I would love to hear what people have called bits. So write in. Tell us some of the... I would love to know some nicknames or great suggestions of nicknames. Yeah, I mean, tell us. I think there's a lot of people who would love to tell us their private. Exactly. And I, there's lots that I don't like. Beef curtains. Mm, whoever says that? I'm telling you it's out there. Or, or Snatch. Not happy about that. Oh, I don't even want to say the horrible ones because I don't want to say them. But yeah, there's a lot of... No. Well, what about with guys? Do Are there any very vulgar... I don't know. What, what is a disgusting term for a, uh, a wang? A you... schlong? That's, a, that's an American one, isn't it? Schlong is an awful... Makes it sound big, right? Oh, it's still big. I might have a schlong that's ugly, but... Button that's... mushroom. There you go. There's no way you can make that big. <laughs> Just a little nubbin. Why don't you have a little dry wank with your nubbin, mate? Mm, no, maybe not. I love that. I, that's good, Jen. It's the four that has said I really guess because it, it could be a dick or it's a dick yeah I don't, I don't know, know. Anyway. whatever I don't even want to acknowledge their existence <laughs> moving on <laughs>
talk about our week. Maureen, what have you been doing all week? Oh, what have I been doing? I've been knitting in the jumper. I've just tried to knit the neck. I knitted it so tight, I couldn't actually get my head through it. In fact, I couldn't even get my arm through it. So I've had to redo it. I have a very little head. <laughs> my mum smoked when she was pregnant. <laughs> so did mine. It was the 70s. Yeah, obviously people smoked. And then also I did a, attended a drama course yesterday. Oh, right. Tell us about that. It was for it was about drama for new writers trying to get into the industry. It was actually very interesting. Maureen, I love how proactive you are. You don't just sit on your laurels watching Neighbours. You're out there. <laughs> Trying to find something that can be money. <laughs> what else are we going to do? Everything's online. You've got to find ways of like generating work. We're or... diversifying. We're figuring we're out. We're diversifying. We are pivoting. Isn't that something that we're all doing at the moment? That's positive. Wow, that sounds really nice. We're innovating. Yeah? <laughs> or we're doing what I'm doing. Bugger all. Alison, what have you been doing this week? I was going to talk about the little victories, so I think we know I'm doing bugger all. Uh, I ordered scalp massager online. That's been incredible, everyone. When you wash your hair because wow. it's got these little spikes that go in. I see our producer is nodding. Have you tried one of these, Leanne? They're amazing. Forget fingers. So you <laughs> put it on your head. Forget and fingers. it really, forget fingers. It really gets down to your scalp and it really massages your scalp. I got to say, why not? You're at home. I would never buy these things because we'd normally be on the road all the time. This is a, it's a lovely little treat I give myself. Sounds like a game changer. Little victories, little victories. Well, absolutely nothing from me. Zero. I uh, swam. There we go. Did some more swimming. Brilliant. <laughs> Listen, you can poo-poo this, but let's not forget it's November and I'm still swimming in the sea. That is impressive. It's been very windy and the waves have been a little bit intense here in Be Right On. So I have had to go to a little kind of, sh- like a, an area which is sort of cut off because there's a harbour there. And uh, because there's a harbour, there's boats. And because there's boats, there's diesel. So I've been swimming in a slurry of diesel, is what I'm trying to say. But it's just nice to get out, isn't it? And it's, yes, <laughs> yes, I am swimming amongst the, the fumes of petrol and Lord only knows what else. But just it's just nice to get out, isn't it? It, it feels, feels good. good. Wow. Normally when I'm out in the sea, you think, oh, isn't it beautiful? I can see the sun rising and I can see the birds mm. on the... And it's, oh, you just feel like one with nature. And, and it feels less so as you're watching a dredger go past you. But, you know, swings and roundabouts, guys. I'm still in the water yeah. uh, and very much enjoying it. Literally, uh, nothing of any interest is happening. We are, in, uh, in the UK, still very much in lockdown. And guess what? We're all living our best lives. One thing that can be said about the British is we are a constantly optimistic, upbeat, forever uh, looking to the horizon for something. Sound me out here, guys. I'm really struggling. Well, it's hard. I'm Canadian, so I'm a little hated sometimes. I have to keep my mouth shut is what I need to do. You are very positive, Alex. And you haven't got that kind of... I know. British people don't like to do anything to improve the situation. We just like to moan about it and have a cup of tea. That's basically Yeah, it. yeah. I Like, I've got hate and angst in my heart, but I don't have the moan. I'm always like, it'll be all right, everyone. And I annoy myself. I'm like, shut up, Pollyanna. Let it out. Listen, this is what we're going to do. This entire show... From henceforth, well, we'll be adopting the Canadian attitude towards life, which is to be optimistic, to be upbeat, to be a tiny bit racist, and also to be... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. Listen, you know how much the British love the Canadians by wow. the fact that we're constantly telling you how nice you are. Yeah, and we got your queen on our money, so, like, we love you too. I know, get rid of that. I mean, what are you people I doing? Don't I mean, know. we have to. We do it by choice. That's how nice we are. Great. Okay, so... Maureen, it's time for the part of the show that obviously we all love because it's increasingly just unbelievable that you can week after week have one of these for us. But it's time to be... Maureen! 
going to close my internet. Don't close my internet. <laughs> I meant my email. Maureen switches it off at the wall. Oh, I've got any makeup on. Oh, for fuck's sake, Maureen, it's a podcast. Get a grip. We might have to push your boundaries out a bit, okay? Yes, this is a happy another day. As you know, I'm knitting. I'm knitting a lot. I haven't got a life. <laughs> Can we acknowledge the Be More Maureen moments that we've already talked about, which is that you knitted a neck into your jumper that you couldn't fit your arm into. So there's the first yeah, one. Yeah, that was the first one. I totally oh. missed I was like, this close to finishing. <laughs> anyway, I was putting away my knitting needles. I was doing two different jumpers at the same time. You have different sets of needles. I had needles everywhere. So I was putting the needles away. Couldn't find a set of needles and it was driving me mad. So it must have fallen down the bed. As Jen knows, my bed is, or the whole flat, is very packed. So I had to kind of move this shelf in order to move the bed. I thought, oh, it's gone under the blinking suitcases because I've got loads of suitcases under my bed, all containing clothes from the 1980s when I was size 10 just in case I get wasting disease and lose some weight. So I've got all these suitcases, moved the suitcases, still couldn't find them. It was like 15 minutes. I was going absolutely mental. You know, when you think something that you've lost has got a mind of its own, it's just hiding from you. I don't know if you ever do that, but you're just like really frustrated. And I was getting really, I couldn't find it. I was determined to find it. And I thought, you know what, just relax, Maureen, just knit something for a minute. And then look again. And then I realised I was knitting with those needles. Okay, so, I mean, <laughs> I love that as you were looking for your knitting needles, you went, the only way I am going to find these knitting needles is if I calm down and I start knitting. <laughs> oh, 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 hang on a second, they're here. <laughs> I mean, that is quite something. Amazing. Listen, we've all been there, Maureen, haven't we, where we've gone, where are my glasses? And they are... On your head, yeah, right? On your face, but I've done that. This is taking it to a new level, isn't it? Where you need to take a moment to find your knitting needles by knitting, okay? With the needles. With, with the very needles you're looking for. <laughs> oh, oh, they're in my hand. Great. I was like, where the hell are these? I mean, it reminds me, I did this in the 80s. I was looking for a leg warmer. How 80s is that? And I <laughs> ripped the bedroom apart trying to find this one grey leg warmer. <laughs> and then after 15 minutes, I realised I was wearing it. <laughs> Oh. Why aren't we wearing leg warmers anymore? Did we just realise that trousers were okay? I guess. I guess we were like, actually, maybe our legs are okay. And bodies. Do you remember bodies? What were they about? Yeah, but bodies came back in the noughties. But leg warmers, I don't feel like they've ever been like, no one's ever gone, do you know what I miss is a good old leg warmer. I had leg warmers and I don't remember ever thinking that they did much except just sort of hang around my ankles. They were like an accessory, an unnecessary accessory. The fashion went, oh, let's see what It was fame, wasn't it? It was fame that made them fashionable. Fame. Oh, yeah, I guess I dancers live forever. Yeah, but who, as dancers, who are like, oh, I just want my legs to be warm from the knee down? Dancers, they layer up, they layer, yeah, but, oh, strip up, God. strip down. So, I mean, I'm not a dancer, I'm maybe. I'm hot, I dance. Oh, I'm cold because I don't eat. <laughs> yeah, I'm cold because I don't eat. And the thing that I really want to warm up is my ankles. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of my body can be freezing. Poor cold. circulation. That's why leg was invented. We're going to get so much hate mail from the four dancers. That listen. listen, I love a leg warmer, and if anything, I miss them. Maureen, that is, as always, that's a classic, actually. I think that goes up there as one of the best we've had, that you, whilst looking for your knitting needles, had to knit. Okay, great, brilliant. We can't beat that, we can't top that, but what we can do is we, we might be able to top it, Maureen, and that is because we're moving on to our favourite, yours and mine, part of the show. It's time to... Go to the gym... Get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice. Cause I ain't using it. No, no. No, no. Take my advice. I ain't using it. 
I mean, moving from leg warmers to this issue is very, (laughs) this is interesting. All right, this week, someone wrote in, I am losing a friend to QAnon. What do I do? Okay. Oh, do we need to tell, should we explain what QAnon is? I will. Did you, do you know what, you knew what QAnon was? Yeah, uh, mainly because Trump. I got the exact definition because I thought this would be a good way to tell people what it is. QAnon is a far-right conspiracy alleging that a group or cabal of Satan-worshipping pedophiles is running a global child sex trafficking ring plotting against Donald Trump as he is the only man who will defeat the cabal in what they will call the storm or the day of reckoning. Well, he'll make sure they are all arrested. It sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Yeah, but they're not plotting against Donald Trump, are they? They Well, they are plotting against the ring and they believe the sex pedophiles. But Donald's the only one that will be able to help that happen. Because he knows all their numbers. I just... I just don't even know where to begin with this sort of nonsense. But when there are actual real problems, you know, real problems that exist in the world. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Uh, yeah. You know, like global poverty, you know, a refugee crisis, um, Mm -hmm. war. uh, You know, when there are actual things that people are focusing on a cabal that doesn't exist. I just, it just beggars belief. Conspiracy theories generally across the board get my goat. So I think, Generally speaking, if you are confronted by a conspiracy theory, 10 times out of 10. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's bullshit. 10 times out of 10, it's not the thing that you think it is. It's the thing that you know it is. When you're presented with something, it's the most obvious thing that is the answer, not the thing where you're like, oh, but what I think it is, is that there's this cabal that has been created and they are trying to, and the Donald Trump. And honestly, if you're going to pick someone to save humankind, it's not going to be that flipping... Bozo, is it? I mean, Jesus Christ, I don't think he can get dressed on his own in the dark. I don't don't think he's going to be able to stop a paedophile ring, for heaven's sake. Anyway, look. No. I've got to tap out this one. I'm sorry. I didn't know what QAnon was either until I personally had a friend who kind of just really got into the conspiracy stuff. And I think he was alone for a time period in his world. He was doing stuff where he wasn't around people and he kind of went down like a rabbit hole. And then another friend of mine in London, her mother... Just recently, her mother, who is in her 80s, is completely has gone to the point where she is so into QAnon that her family and friends like she's not talking to them anymore because if they won't listen to what she needs to tell them because she would go to gatherings and go on about it anyway. So it is kind of a thing. So why is there such a surge in this particular cult, cult in general, but this particular cult? Well, I think Trump's right-wing agenda kind of refueled it, and I think that's why they tied into it, right? Uh, Also, people were locked down, obviously spending more time on the Internet. So you start reading more things. You start seeing more things. And I think a lot of people saw some stuff, and just one thing led to another. So I think that's why there's such a surge in it right now. What to do if you have a friend or a loved one that is involved with it? Well, it's frustrating. But the number one thing you'd have to do (laughs) is avoid aggression. What do you think, Jen? Hey, avoid aggression when talking to people. Who oh, come... <laughs> I, I, this is why I, I avoid these people. I can't get into a conversation with them because yeah. I have no patience. But what if a friend, what if your mum happened to like get right into it? Let's just say. I'd refuse to listen to the conversation. Would you? Yeah. Because you can't argue with these people. Facts don't matter because it's this theory that they totally believe in. You can't argue against it. All they're going to do is go on and on. So I have friends who will talk about stuff and I go, not interested, not listening. I think it's really tricky if it's somebody you really love and you want to maintain a friendship or a relationship with them, then I think Maureen's not way of approaching it, it yeah. is, might 
be one of the only ways to, which is to say, do you know what? I really don't yes. want to talk about this. Can we talk about something else? Because I do think that once you go down this conspiracy theory wormhole and there are any number of websites and there are any number of other people or bloggers who will back up these conspiracies, yeah, and they will support what you believe, sometimes you don't want to be confronted with whatever is perceived to be the truth. You want somebody to Completely. go with you on this journey. So the best thing to do is to go, do you know what? I'll meet you when you've come around again. Yeah. So <laughs> when it comes to the steps of dealing with somebody who is this frame of mind, so this is the way we're approaching it. We want this person to be in our lives. Okay. So ways to approach it. Avoid aggression when speaking to them. Don't forget you're caring for them, not arguing with them. You need to be the north light that they will always come to. So you need to still be that person. Ask questions like, oh, so where did you hear this? Why do you think this is true? What has QAnon done to stop this? Are there any uh, prosecutions? Are there fewer kids being trafficked? Ask questions that make them think. Use their line of thinking to make them see the problem from all aspects. A lot of them don't want to talk about media and what media is saying because they don't trust media. Point out that they are also getting their information from media. Keep conversations with this person offline. Because this is the thing about QAnon and these sort of online cults is they're all online. So don't post private message if you need to. But I think the real key is to reach out and to communicate directly. Always take the conversation towards memories that you have of the past that helps them to find their authentic self. So separating them from this cult and the cult's beliefs and making them think about who they were. Remember that time when. Always take them back to that place. Encourage their family and friends to do the same and to always be reaching out so they don't have enough time to be alone and reading these things on media as well. It's kind of like an indirect intervention as much as you can. Get loved ones around them. Also look at Reddit posts about maybe this sort of thing. And um, maybe convince your loved one to look at some Reddit posts about, you know, families that have been destroyed over this sort of problem or thought patterning, right? So you're not attacking or always being like, no, you're wrong. But you're trying to get them to look at things a different way. Maybe even encourage them to uh, do a bit more research on who Q is, which is a big controversy in there. They're just following Q, but nobody knows who Q is. And there's been some research that has said it might just be a financial guy. And this has been a big money thing. What a surprise. New shit. And the number one thing that I want to say to this person who wrote in or anyone that is dealing with somebody who is involved with something that is changing them from the way that you knew them and that you know they are and you're worried, doesn't matter what it is, if it's a religion or a cult or a type of thought, you need to always be caring for yourself. So continue to read books and things that are out there about that sort of subject matter. There was one book that I saw, and this one was called My Father, the QAnon Conspiracy Theorist by Reed Riley Grable, and it apparently is really good. Um, and a lot of other people used to be in cults and then are now out. It kind of gives you some perspective. So don't give up on your loved one. Just remember, it's all based on love. I think that's what you got to remind them and bring them back to their authentic self as much as you can. That's my advice. Alison, thank you so much. That was brilliant advice as always. I personally would not be able to do any of those things as I cannot <laughs> avoid a confrontation. So um, that family member would just be out of my life within about six weeks. Okay, good. Very good advice. It's important to remember that obviously a lot of people that go into conspiracy theories just want to believe in something and it's, sometimes it's hard. They're socially disconnected. They feel alone a lot of the times. Yep. Yeah, and they feel like connecting with other nut jobs on the internet. 
Good, fair play to them. Fair play. <laughs> so, <laughs> you thought I was going to go down somewhere that was a little bit more even, and then just at the last minute, I did a little handbrake turn and a big fuck you. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So let's think about let's let's not even think because thinking isn't necessary in this podcast. It's only talking. Just talking. <laughs> a lot of talking without thinking is happening on this podcast. What have we what have eh? Hey? What oh my gosh. What have we been watching on television this week? Maureen, talk to me. I've watched every episode of The Crown already. <gasps> oh. no, I don't know why this has irritated me, Maureen. I can just imagine you getting to like episode six and going, well, I better watch the other four, you know. <laughs> I did split it over two days. Well, I mean, that's like a full-time job of watching The Crown. Look, <laughs> as Alison said when we talked about this last, fair play to you. Where it's lockdown, what the, you might as well, if this is the perfect time to binge a box set. Yes. And I got a lot of knitting done while I was watching okay, it. Okay, so now, no spoilers. I haven't even started watching no it. No spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. I think, I think most people know the story. <laughs> 
Can I just say, Gillian Anderson as Margaret Thatcher is bloody amazing. I think she's going to win every award going. She's, I love Gillian Anderson. She's absolutely fantastic. Oh, my God. She has got her down to a T. The voice, the posture, the way she talks. She's too hot, No, she, she hides her hotness. She's a very good actress. There's, there's scenes with her and Olivia Colman, which is two great actors together. It's fantastic. She does play. I mean, she's breathtaking as, as Thatcher. Really, really good. Okay. Oh, I look forward to that. How about, because I think I've talked about this before, but maybe not on the podcast, but I love Olivia Colman. I'd just like to state that now, as we all do in this country. We all adore Olivia Colman. But in the last series, I felt like she was too, um, I don't know, empathic. Who was the actor that played the Queen in the first two series? Can you remember her? Claire Foy. Claire Foy. Now, I thought she played the Queen perfectly. Like, she was quite brittle. All of the emotion was held in the eyes, very little in the face. And then I feel like because... Olivia Coleman's face just exudes emotion. That's what she does really well. There was too much of that. And the Queen isn't... She's stoic. She's very... Yeah. Yeah, she's a little bit... Not dead behind the eyes, but she's a little bit sort of, yeah, brittle in that way. Like, she's not an emotional woman. Anyway, my point is, how is she in this series? Is one I thought she's great. And the thing with Olivia Coleman, she's very good at bringing the humour out in her dialogue. So, you know, there are bits when they talk at one point where they talk about their favourite children with her and Prince Philip and who's their favourite child. And, you know, she is quite good at the humour. And then there's the big constitutional crisis, which I don't remember when the Queen allegedly gave her opinion on Margaret Thatcher's policies and that blew up. And I don't remember this. I think it was I was a bit too young at the time, but it was a, a big constitutional crisis. But also you've got the Diana and Charles love stories for want of a better phrase. If you can call it that, yeah. And Camilla. That's quite interesting because I think you see both points of view from, you know, you know, she was obviously, Diana was putting a, I think they just thought she'd be the shy little thing who would do as she's told and didn't click that she was going to be this, that she was going to be the amazing success and she wasn't going to pretend what most royal brides do and ignore the fact the husband's got a mistress. So, yeah, it's, it, I enjoyed it more than the last series, actually. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. I'm actually very intrigued mm. about the Gillian Anderson Thatcher because if I end up oh, liking fantastic. Thatcher at the end of this, I w- she won't have done her job properly, frankly. No, you don't because it's not like the Iron Lady, which is a terrible movie. I mean, you know, you do see like Thatcher's hypocrisy. She's a bit like that woman from that American feminist show that we watched. What was Phyllis it? Schlafly. She's the Prime Minister, but she doesn't want women in her cabinet because they're too emotional. <laughs> she doesn't want any competition. I think she only ever had Edwina Curry, didn't she? Yeah, but what's interesting, you you know, you get her sex Sexism, but on the other hand, the fact that she achieved all this in a very male-dominated Conservative Party. So, you know, you get both points of view, I think. Great stuff. Well, I had a very unsuccessful week of watching television. Chloe and I did try to watch Brave New World on... It's on Now TV, but I, I, I can't really remember what channel. I think it originally came out on a channel called Peacock. I might have made that up. <laughs> There's all these new channels. Peacock. Have you Acorn? I was just like, who's coming up with these names? Pebble? I don't know. I just made that up. Anyway, Brave New World, based on Aldous Huxley's book of the same name, Brave New World. And I was determined, because I love the book. I was like, I'm going to... The book's amazing. Of course I'm going to enjoy this. And also there's a great cast of actors in it as well. And it is terrible. (laughs) I'm sorry, I don't normally pan shows. Okay, terrible might be overstating it. It wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. Why? In the book, there there are certain things about this new world, right, aren't there? And one of them is, is that there's no monogamy. You're not allowed to have monogamous relationships in this brave new world. 
And that is the one thing that they focused on. No privacy, no monogamy. And for whatever reason, on the show, they really only really focus on the monogamy side of it, which basically means that there's constantly orgies happening in the backdrop of every single shot. And I'm just like... And also, whenever they do orgies on television, right, it's just people going, ah, you know, like sort of doing like some dance, like it's, you know, pans people from the 70s next to each other. And it's like, I don't think anyone... Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to do an orgy, just say, have a list. Have, have at least a, someone's having a blowjob or something. Anyway, my, my point is... There's I, never people standing around. It's, it's always like two women sort of yeah, stroking a yeah. man. He's like, uh, and you're like, what are you... No There's no stroking. Yeah, there's obviously someone standing by. I would believe it more if there were people having cups of tea, some people going at it, some people watching yeah. and then passing off their tea and going back at it. Like, that's realistic. Because the, the reality is, even if there's no monogamy, we're, no, we're not in a constant state of ecstasy, are we? You're still going to be going, that's the wrong hole, love. No, I, that's, I don't fancy that. No, thank you. Not in my ear. You know, that. forget it. Anyway, I didn't enjoy it. Perhaps the writers aren't experienced in orgies as you are, Jen. Oh, well, I mean, I just think, I, you know how many orgies mm, I've been to. Maureen, <laughs> very true. Absolute zero, but uh, still, <laughs> I like to have an opinion on everything, don't I? Anyway, <laughs> that's what I watched. It was unsuccessful and I shall not be watching another episode. Alison, what, what about horror movies? Well, this week's horror movie, speaking of cult-like thinking, I, I started to think cult-like horror movies. I went with a 1984 classic, Stephen King's Children of the Corn. Oof. It is wonderful. Well, you see what happens to a town, and then a couple comes to the town three years later, and they have trouble finding adults. There's no adults around. It just seems random children here or there. And we find out that it's a cult of children being run by a demon who hides behind the rows of corn, and they kill all the adults. And it's very exciting, everyone. If you've read the book, I'm sure the book is better. Books are always better, Stephen King-wise. But 1984 version, Children of the Corn, it made me not want to have children. And I'm still there today. It's creepy as hell, isn't it? The the guy that plays Malachi really oh. gives you the hebes and the jeebies. And there's something Malachi. really sinister about children being... Children. About children being children. Well, not just that, but also... <laughs> it's terrifying to think that, yeah, they could have that much... I, I don't know. You know, yeah, they, they could be, like, really malicious and evil and, and just horrible. Yes, yes. Yeah, But I do remember thinking the ending was a bit rubbish. Am I wrong? But I think that's classic of Stephen King's movies, let's be honest. But you like it till the end. I just say if you jump on board and really buy into this idea, I think Children of the Corn is wonderful. Don't watch the new one. Watch the 1984 version. Yeah, I've never seen the new one. What, you must have seen it. Don't bother. 2016. Yeah, you don't want to see it. Stick to 1984. You can get it on Amazon Prime. I do believe you don't even have to pay for it, everyone. So there you go. Children of the Court, 1984. Stephen King. Love it. Classic. Get it in. Yeah, everyone. Thank you very much, Alison. Wow. We are pounding our... Pounding? That's the wrong word, isn't it? We are... <laughs> you see? It's that orgy <laughs> talk. You get her started on orgies, Maureen, and she won't. Stop! <laughs> and now it's going to be Maureen's cultural corner. Uh-huh. I haven't started it, Maureen. We... Hello. I'm, I'm going to start that again. <laughs> Maureen, it's time for your cultural corner. What sort of things have you cult? What are you? What yogurt have you produced? Culturing. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> 
So the first thing I'm going to talk about is Lover's Rock. So it's music this time. Unfortunately, we can't play any music because of copyright reasons. So I will put links on my website, moreandyounger.com. There's a cultural page. I'll put the links on there. Lover's Rock is a British form of music. Uh, have you ever heard of it, Alison June Smith? No, I have never, Maureen. What is Lover's Rock? You're not alone. It's weird because it kind of was the music of my youth. I'm not a musician. I would call it romantic reggae. It's reggae music. But it's kind of romantic. There was a lot of female singers used to sing it. It was in the 4 and the 70s and 80s. I mean, Jen, you, you probably listened to it when you were growing up, didn't you? Yeah, I think Lover's Rock was very popular in the 80s. And, and particularly if you lived in London, it, it seemed to be yeah. the backdrop of everything. Mm. If there was a street party, if there was a festival happening, that music was always... And actually, if I listen to any Lover's Rock now, I just... It takes me back to my childhood. Yeah, 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 exactly. And what's weird was it's a very popular form of music, but it never hit the mainstream apart from Silly Games, which I think was a big hit in 19, I think 1979. Did it not? No. And I think the reason was records were only sold in record shops where there was a big black community. So generally in London, Birmingham, guessing Manchester. And they were never in the shops, which, you know, in those days, certain shops would give the, the receipts back to the chart people and they never sold Lover's Rock and Lover's Rock would sell a lot of records but over a long time period was in the charts you need to sell a lot in just that one week so it's kind of like this kind yeah. of music that everybody like I grew up with I went to predominantly black parties where you would have soul music at first then you'd have some curried goat and rice and then the Lover's Rock would hit and then you'd dance in a certain way so you're Basically, your leg would go in between the guy's leg. Yes. His leg would go into yours. Yeah. And you'd rub. You dry hump dance. Depending how much you like the guy, there'd be different ways of dancing. But um, it's a great, great form of music. There's Carol Thompson, the album Hopelessly in Love, was so mange in the 80s. Everywhere you went, that would be playing. And I remember doing a gig in Croydon to 1,800 people. Carol Thompson was on at the end. I was starting to watch because I love her music. And it was so amazing. Yesterday, which was a big hit back then, came on from about 40 years ago. And everyone, including myself, we all started dancing and singing along to the song. It's like the album of our youth. I never realised it wasn't popular in the mainstream, I suppose. I was quite young at the time and I just assumed it was. I love the idea of this type of music. Maureen, when you have some time, will you send me a link to like one or two of your favourite songs? I would love to hear it. Yeah. yeah. And do you know what? Lover's Rock apparently is now is big in Japan. Do you get Japanese Lover's Rock? The Rock Steady Crew in Tokyo. I'd love to. But you know, it's like I've been going through my record collection and I was listening to Be Kind to My Man by, I think, Donna, Donna Reardon or something. And that was just, it reminds me of all those parties I used to go to in Wilsdon and, and East London. It's uh, So I totally recommend it. I'll put the links on my website to listen to some Janet Kay. I mean, there were men also. You had Gregory Isaacs, Night Nurse. Night Nurse might have made the mainstream. I'm not sure. That was one of more popular ones. Oh, and I should mention that Steve McQueen has got a film about Lover's Rock coming out this Sunday at nine o'clock uh, on BBC. So I'd watch that um, as part of the small act season. And the other thing I wanted to mention, Amelia the Player, you can see online and I would totally recommend it. It's about the dark lady that Shakespeare's sonnets writes about. It's a feminist play. It's very life-affirming. If you're a woman creative, you will recognise a few of the tropes really, very well. When I went to see it, I was applauding. I was shouting. It's one of the most life-affirming plays I've ever seen. And I think you can see that until December the 2nd online. I'll double-check that. But uh... I'll watch that because I missed it when... Um... It was in the theatre, and I'm, I'm very gutted that I missed that. It's December the 2nd, so it's on till December the 2nd, and it won three Olivia's. Can I also say for Amelia the Play, you can pay what you can afford. Brilliant. Thank you, Maureen. That was brilliant. That was a very comprehensive cultural corner, and we appreciate all of the research that went into that. Danke. <laughs> Don't look at a German there just to, just to get... Bitte sehr. OK, don't show off. <laughs> What 
the show called? Oh, yeah, I've got it. We've been talking bollocks. Yeah. Okay. Is everyone happy with that? (laughs) We come to the end, nearly the end of the podcast. So it leaves me to conclude, for me to conduct the epilogue, actually, I think is what I'm doing here. What has got... Wait, 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 wait. Jen. Oh, no, sorry. Jen, Jen. Yeah. Tell me, what the fuck has got your goat this week? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked me that, Alison. It's actually very awkward having to introduce myself, if anything. I know. I'm sorry about that. I want to hear what's getting just, your goat. I know you were distracted by the dog. I thought Maureen might pick up the reins, but no, nothing. Absolutely nothing from that woman. <laughs> Never mind. Okay, fine. We're in it. We're in it. What's got my goat? Look, what has got my goat is my partner, Chloe. I do talk about her a fair bit on this podcast. She has been very busy, working incredibly hard, blah, 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 whatever. But it has meant that I have had to do the lion's share of the childcare. Now, when I'm away, um, I don't like to consider the fact that Chloe's doing it. It doesn't seem to even touch the sides, actually. I can't even remember even giving it a second thought. But now that she is doing all the work, and I, unfortunately, as a stand-up comedian, am bereft of employment, I find myself with the children a lot more than usual. Let me tell you, it's got my coat. Um, listen, I like Scooby-Doo as much as the next 45-year-old lesbian, but I cannot maintain interest any longer. I just can't. <laughs> I just can't. And, um, you know, I mean, I love chatting to my kids about how hungry they are. I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. Can I have a snack? Can I have a snack? Can I have a snack? Can we go, can we go out to the park? Can we go to the park? Can we go, can I have a snack? Can I go to the park? And... And then interspersed that with Scooby-Doo. I, I'm out. I've got to tap out of this. I mean, it's only been about two weeks, but um, <laughs> uh, I've realised that I'm not cut out to be a full-time parent. So that's that's what's got my coat. It's incredible to me that that parents, particularly single parents, aren't given an annual parade, some sort of uh, <laughs> an award. Um, maybe, I don't know, we should send them every month, like just a bunch of flowers or some chocolates or a free subscription uh, to a, a streaming channel or a massage. No, or... they don't have time for that. They need someone to take care of their kids so they can have a nap for an hour. Just something. I mean, I <laughs> here I am moaning about this and I just think, God, if you had to do this on your own, what an absolute horror show. So really, that's got my goat. But also, I would like to take this moment to any single parents listening to this podcast I think you're amazing I think you're undervalued I would like to offer you uh, at WTB what can we offer single parents what can we do what, what have we got to give them any anything can we think of something we'll think of something we'll go away we'll do some research have a think about it and then we'll give you something okay probably just be a pen but it will be something <laughs> for and to show our appreciation for the for the work that you do when you feel underappreciated, because let's be honest, children don't bloody notice anything, do they? They just expect. Anyway, that's what's got my goat. Thank you very much. Goodbye. That's not the end of the podcast, by the way. That's just the end of that. <laughs> that's that just, just the, the end, end of, it. of that section. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was nice, wasn't it? Did we do we feel all right? Does everyone feel okay about that? I feel great. I feel really good. I, I feel like we talked about everything we wanted to. And yeah. I think I think I got know. a bit aggressive about QAnon, but I just, I don't know. I just, Do you know what, though? It's fine. That shows the passion that this sort of crap brings up. So well done. Oh, we're, pa- we're three passionate women. Huh? Very passionate. We're three passionate women with three passionate pleasure domes. You're welcome. Women talking bollocks. If you enjoyed today's episode, then why not 
subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Like us. Leave a wonderful message saying how much you enjoy our dulcet tones, particularly mine. And you can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. It's WTB underscore podcast. Leave a nice comment. If you didn't really enjoy the show, then don't leave a comment. Just tell somebody you don't like very much to listen to the next one. And then we all win. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.